0: RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about fueling the aging runner. Aging is a natural part of life cycle, but as runners, we want to age in the most healthy way possible. So today, we're going to be discussing the physiological effects of aging and the nutrients you need to consider to stay on top form and whatever age you are the quicker you start and the longer you work at your nutrition and health the longer you'll be able to run into older age so please join us hello and welcome to she runs eats performs the podcast for female runners of all abilities please join karen campbell and aileen smith nutritionist friends and runners are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans helping you enjoy peak running performance and especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner the suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment if you have any concerns regarding your health please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible if you'd like help from Karen and Aileen to design a personalized sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runner's Health Hub. Hi everybody, Uh, this is Aileen here and I'm here again with Karen as ever. And today uh, we're going to be talking to you about fueling the aging runner um, and uh, we're all aging all the time, so I think it's appropriate for us to be thinking about that. So, welcome, Karen. How are you today?
1: Hi, Eileen. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm looking forward to yet another episode together and having a good discussion about the aging runner. Yes, it should be interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will be. Mm. Um, so, we'll we'll start with a, a question, the way we always do. So, I thought since we were going to be discussing the aging runner. I thought I'd ask you, Karen, if you've noticed any changes to your running as you've got older, although we're not aged yet. but we're we're not aged.
1: We're just (laughs) (laughs) ageing. Yeah, Aileen, I think I probably um, have seen – some changes I don't like to use age as an excuse when I'm thinking about my my running etc but I do feel as if I've maybe slowed down a bit in the last few years especially the last two or three years and I think also I'm a bit more prone to injury these days I've got to be really careful when I'm out and about and especially doing the trail running that I, I, I love but I just have to be really careful and and I think this sort of increased um, injury or being prone to injury, it could be linked to that ageing process. And I have to say getting old can be a bit of a burden, but we do the best we can to, and I, I certainly do what I can um, uh, to, to, to age well. Um, and, and my my running is part of that. And clearly my nutrition is very much a part of that as well. But but, you know, it is Im- inevitable that the aging process is going on behind the behind the scenes. It's just about doing the best I can to, to slow it down, to slow that process down. But how about you, Aileen? Have you observed any changes to your running as you have kind of progressed in years?
0: Yeah, well, I didn't start running until I was in my mid-40s, so I guess I was already considered old before I started. <laughs> Um, And I would say I started off unfit. I got fitter, definitely got a lot fitter. But in the last three to four years, I've really had some niggling injuries. And I had a minor illness sort of probably about 18 months ago, which affected my running. I had labyrinthitis, which affects your balance. So I could hardly walk, never mind run for a few months. And then, as you all know, I'm recovering from a broken wrist. So there's been a few things in the last two, three years that have been Problem, Um, but what it's of, how it's affected me is that my training hasn't been as consistent because I've had stops and starts, which is really frustrating. Um, But I think it's really made me focus more on my overall health and certainly my mobility and flexibility, uh, and most of all um wanting to be able to keep running um as I get older and I think I'd be pretty devastated if somebody ever told me I had to stop you know I do hear of people who have said I've had to stop running and I've had you know I now do x y and z instead you know they maybe take up cycling or swimming or something but I'd I'd be really upset if I couldn't run um and I'm always really inspired when I see older runners um you know, people in their 70s and 80s. And I'd love to be one of those people. You know, even if I was slow, I'd be happy to be out there still running and enjoying running at that age.
1: Yeah, and no, I'm there with you, really, Definitely hope to still be running when I'm in my 70s and 80s and beyond. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great. So, so moving on to the topic for today, Karen, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, it's all about the aging runner. And, um, you know, Karen and I are edging towards the uh, more than not becoming aged, as you say, but we are aging. So we're in that sort of older runner, beginners of the older runner category. And we're aware of the consequences uh, of how that might affect us, just as we've shared. Um, But what I would say is if you're not in this sort of, you know, the 50 plus zone, don't switch off. Please listen in, because what you do now um, will really help set you up to be a healthy, older runner. So you can stop the aging clock or at least slow it down. So please listen in. And um, if nothing else, you can maybe share it with friends and family who are older runners. So the the three areas that we're going to talk about today um, are the physiological changes of aging uh, in runners. And then we're going to look at what those changes are and how they impact on nutritional requirements for the aging runner. Um, And then we're finally going to talk about what you can actually do nutritionally. So there's, there's three key areas. Um, So let's kick off, Karen, and think, um, you know, can I ask you to outline some of the key physiological changes of ageing that would be pertinent to a runner?
1: Yeah, sure, really. But, But just before I do that, what I would just like to say is that, you know, there is not a great deal of research on this subject. So the information that that you can gather about it is really limited now there is um a lady called louise burke now she's a, a really eminent scientist in sport and exercise nutrition based in australia and she has actually written a chapter about this in the most recent edition of her textbook called clinical sports nutrition and that's my go-to i love i love the way she writes um, she's very practical um, she thinks of the runner as an individual and she's just a great scientist so I follow her and she wrote this book along with um, Vicki Deacon who's another Australian sports nutritional scientist so so a lot of the information and um, uh, that, that I've read through her um, is is interesting and it's a great chapter in her book but you know that the actual, science behind that is limited so I think it's important just to, to be aware of that but thinking about your question Aileen and some of the key physiological changes of ageing um, and that, that runner would need to think about are, are sort of reduced muscle mass you know it's thought that muscle mass reduces by approximately three percent um, per year which is it's quite significant, I think. Um, also, there's increased fat mass um, as we get older, and that tends to be linked to, to hormonal changes. And also, there's um, reduced bone mass. Now, this is something that we speak about um, a lot in episode 21 about um, bone health for runners. And we speak about um, sort of bone health linked to, again, hormonal changes, but also uh, linked to dietary intake and also absorption. So, you know, we're not going to go into detail about that here, but there's a lot of information in episode 21 and the follow up part two to that. And also reduced immunity is another area. You know, we know that the immune system uh, declines with with age so potentially the healing process is going to be uh, much slower what about you alien have you got anything that you would add here
0: yeah a couple of things um i mean you, you mentioned um earlier about some changes that can happen to people as they get older linked to digestion um so primarily um, what happens as you get older, you you tend to get a lower uh, gastric acid in your stomach. So that happens to all of us, regardless of whether we're a runner or not. But what that leads to is that we might not be digesting and absorbing nutrients optimally. And that might and have a knock-on effect in our performance. Um, another thing that can happen is that our um, sensitivity to smell and change can taste, and often an indicator of that is related to uh, stomach acid, but also to um, a low zinc status. And we need stomach acid to make zinc bioavailable, um, and so zinc is a very important nutrient for the immune system. So there's a, a sort of hook-up link there um and another interesting area that happens to us is we have cardiovascular decline so that is independent of whether we've got heart disease or you know cardiovascular disease so again you know if you're a healthy runner and you've been running for a long time probably your cardiovascular system is in good shape um but just we just with age it's going to decline as is everything in the body you know it's a natural process um but we want to try and preserve ourselves the best we can. And then uh, another area to think about is reduced sensitivity to thirst. So we might not feel so thirsty. And obviously that could be a problem because it might affect our hydration status. We might not be aware that we need to drink. And then the hydration status might then again affect our performance. And we, we've talked a lot in the past about hydration being a limiting factor Um in running performance if you don't get it right. So, yeah, those are the the things that I would say need to be taken into account, Karen.
1: Yeah, sure, really. And I think that's absolutely right. And I think what what I would just like to say here is that, you know, all these changes that we're speaking about here, the data has mostly been established um, from looking at sedentary individuals. So, it is difficult to determine whether they as a as a result of the aging process itself? Or is it the inactivity because it's sedentary people that they've been looking at? So I think that's worth bearing in mind for mm. us runners. But or could it be that it's a mixture of both so that it's part it's because they're sedentary um, partly, but also that natural ageing process. So um, but I still think these are ones that runners would need to be mindful of when thinking about their performance, also the risk of injury and illness and also the food choices that they make um, for their training and for races.
0: Hmm. So that,
1: a little
0: point to add. there. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting, Karen. And, And I think, you know, the important thing always to remember is that biological age doesn't always equate to metabolic age. So you can get a really fit and healthy older person who can have greater metabolic health than a less healthy younger person. So, you know, I mean, I've got older clients who are in their 70s. And when you, you know, sort of you do the um Tanita testing and and you're working out their metabolic age related to their body composition. They're mm. often coming out uh, in their fifties, you know, because they're so they're so feeling healthy. And equally you get younger people who've got, you know, a much older age. So it's um I think it's sort, of, you know, you, you needn't be old uh metabolically, that's what I'm trying to say. Um yeah. So so I think you know all of these physiological changes you've mentioned Karen are really well known and as you say that you know the research tends to be not related to runners um, but to older people in general um, and, and, and also I guess there isn't so much research on other sports too but maybe as we I think as a I was going to say as a nation, but I don't think it's just, I think in the world, there are more older people exercising in all sorts of different areas. So maybe it is going to be an area that will be researched as, as the decades yeah. go on. Absolutely. Mm. Good point. So, so let's uh, look with the runner in mind. Um, let's have a look at some of these in more detail. So if we think about, um, you, you mentioned the increased fat mass. So, you know, what I'm thinking that Karen, is that, that generally we tend to have an increase in fat mass from about 50 onwards. And then often, again, this is a generalization, often we find that that starts to drop after the age of 70. Um, and that occurs both in men and women. Um, and it's very evident in uh, female endurance runners, too. <coughs> Excuse me, I got to cough there. I was trying to contain it, but couldn't do it um so so i think that suggests that you know if you if you keep running um that that's going to help limit the fat gain um observed in these sort of middle ages what do you think harry yeah.
1: yeah no i i would uh, i would agree with that aileen that um so this, this sort of fat gain does does happen in both males and females. And there's evidence in the endurance runners, but it is thought to be to a much lesser extent. So, you know, keep on running <laughs> is what I, what I would say. Um, and I think that these effects are also similar regarding muscle mass. You know, it, like I said earlier, it is well known that we lose approximately 3% of muscle mass per year as we age um and it is thought that sort of physical activity including resistance training because resistance training is really well known for building muscle so so this physical activity and resistance training may help slow that decline in lean muscle but it's just worth remembering that it's not going to prevent it it's just Mm. going to slow it down
0: yeah yeah and i think again you know thinking about the trends in exercise i think our generation probably are much more focused on cross training and doing restorative exercise and resistance training as well as running whereas maybe you know people that are 20 30 years older than us have just focused on running and nothing else so that again might be interesting to see how that affects um future generations um okay so we've got quite a lot to talk about um today so can we talk about um some of the other issues Karen I'm not going to touch on the bone mass because we talked about that a lot in episode 21 as you you mentioned um mm. and we also touched on an um, aging uh regarding the immune system and that was in episode 14 so I'll put those links in the show notes um But I'd like to explore a bit more about this um, aging cardiovascular system, Karen, and what's the impact for a runner? What can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so the cardiovascular system, um, like we're saying, does deteriorate as we age. And as you said earlier, Aileen, this is thought to be independent of any cardiovascular disease or conditions such as atherosclerosis and arteriosclerosis. So, it's it's a, a natural decline. And these natural changes that occur include a decline in overall cardiovascular function, which is known to lead to a decrease in the heart rate itself um, and also the oxygen consumption. Um, but also um, the decline in the heart. There's also a decline in the heart's ability to con- contract fully. So again, that is going to lower the overall cardiac output. Now, for a runner, the consequence of this possibly is that it could affect the thermoregulatory responses. So meaning the runner could be at higher risk of either heat stress, Or cold intolerance, or actually both, because it is the thermoregulatory responses that could affect them um, and they could be at higher risk of both heat stress and cold intolerance. But additionally, um, the decline in in cardiovascular function means that there's a reduced blood flow to the skin. So Mm -hmm. therefore, there's this reduced capacity to remove heat. Now, this means that for a runner, they could potentially be at higher risk of heat stress so we spoke about hydration earlier alien and again this this means that adequate hydration and also cooling during and after running is really important especially when running in really hot environments so that Ooh. would be yeah the key changes in 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 the cardiovascular system
0: yeah, and I think that that's really, uh, really good, um, helpful advice for people to think about as they get older. That um, you know, that it's almost like the, their body isn't able to cope with some of the environmental changes as well, and so they need to really take that into into account. Um, and and also, as as we we've sort of mentioned two or three times, this happens just as a natural aging process, and it's independent of having cardiovascular disease. Um, so it's just really a, a natural thing that's going to happen to all of us. And I'm really focused on, on elderly, um, nutrition at the moment, uh, because, uh, you know, I've got some elderly clients and, and my dad's elderly now. And, and you sort of start to notice things that are happening to people. Um, so it's uh, and they're not runners, but it's just interesting to to sort of make con- connect the dots, really. Um, oh,
1: absolutely, because this is happening to everybody, you know, yeah. not just the runners. This natural decline is
0: happening. Yes, yeah, yeah. And um, so, are there any female factors um, that we should be thinking about regarding uh, aging?
1: Yes, actually. Firstly, I would say that. Um, you know, although fat gain as we age occurs in both men and women, it is more pronounced in women. And this is mainly due to the decrease in the estrogen production at menopause. Because um, postmenopause, the key production sites of estrogen, because um, as we know, estrogen decreases um, with menopause. So the key production sites are then from the adrenal glands, but also from fat cells. So women tend to put on a little bit more weight as a result because the body is trying to, um, to compromise. So it's trying to build up some estrogen because the ovaries are not producing it, it to the same extent. But how much weight is gained will clearly be determined by the individual's diet, the physical activity they're doing, but, but really their overall lifestyle. And I think the other thing I would just mention here is that low estrogen also affects bone mineral density. Now, again, we go into a lot of detail regarding this in episode 21 about bone health. Um, But it's this sort of low estrogen affecting bone mineral density that puts women at higher risk of developing um. Osteoporosis than, than men because women, you know, women are known to be more susceptible to osteoporosis, and this seems to be the reason why.
0: Okay, okay, so there, there's a couple of really important female factors. Um, so, just before we move on, just to summarize what you've been saying, Karen, the key physiological changes of aging are body composition, so reduced muscle mass, and a potential for increased fat a decline in bone mineral density, and perhaps um, posture as well, which again might affect how you run and how effectively you're running and efficiently. Um, and uh, digestion slows, and there's a decline in stomach acid, which may affect nutrition status. And then obviously, as you've just mentioned there, there's a the potential for the cardiovascular changes, which may result in issues, with, particularly with managing heat. So it all sounds a bit serious and gloomy, Karen. <laughs> but, uh, but I also think, um, you know, as I said earlier, um, you know, what we do now really will affect our older age. And I sometimes think that people that don't look after the nutrition, you know, even in the 10, 20 years leading up to um, older age, it sort of catches up with you. And I, I do sometimes see that with, with clients who you know i've 've either had health conditions or um, that have resulted in nutrient deficiencies or they 've not particularly eaten very well and it can lead us into um, ill health and long term health conditions as we get older so it's another really good reason to start building up health reserve as early as as early in life as possible mm-hmm. really um so yeah all very sobering realizing that we're getting older um so let's uh let's lighten up the um atmosphere a little bit karen do you have any um anybody in your life who's an inspiring older runner or anybody that you know of that would um you know make you think yes i want to be like them when i'm older
1: yeah absolutely there's a couple that spring to mind actually both of them um being clients and um, there was one lady came to see me a little while ago now, and she was 72 and she was a runner and she was still running with her local club and um, really enthusiastic, very healthy, very um, lean and um, for her age and a decent runner, in fact, so decent as a runner that, um, you know, she was always being called by the club to to go and run for the region, go and run for the county. So she said, oh, I'm always being asked to come along and run for run for the club at this level. So and she was really inspiring. And I think what also inspired me was that she, at that age she was interested in her nutrition. Um, for her sport so that she could still look at increasing her performance and that I thought was really inspiring and the, the other thing that stood out for me with this client was that um, she was on no medication mm. and, um, and, and, and here she was at 72 years so it just shows that you can go into old age being healthy not having to be dependent on medications and um, so that's one and then another one it's quite a similar um case in fact he is a, it's a male he's he's 70 he was 72 as well when he came to see me and um, his sport was different he's a he's a racing driver Even at 7.2, he's still driving on the track. (laughs) He spends a lot of time in the pit um, working on the cars and working with students in the car, but he still races as well. And he he came to see me um, because he wanted to stay fit he wanted to stay lean and light because the leaner and lighter he was the faster he could go in the car so I just thought he was really inspirational and he's absolutely dedicated to his nutrition and making the changes and seeing the seeing the changes and how much it's in, it's helping with improvement in his everyday life as well as his sport and again he's another one that's reached 72 years and he's on no medication so those would be my two really inspiring older um i can't say they're both runners but older people who are still interested in sport and still interested in their nutrition to 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 increase their performance how about you, Alien? Have you got any inspiring
0: stories? Yeah, I do, but I'd just like to say they, they sound wonderful, both of them. I mean, mm-hmm. what, how lucky you are to have people like that as clients, I think, kind of, is just gives everybody a lot of inspiration going forward. And these days, 72 isn't actually that old, is it? You know, kind oh. of older people have been in their 80s. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, 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 well, some family friends actually spring to mind who are very inspirational runners for me and uh they are, um, Charm and Chris Robson, who are the parents of a, a good friend of mine. And, and sadly, Charm passed away, um, about a year ago. Um, but Charm was a, a really, uh, a really great runner and, um, she was somebody who was, uh, and uh, a regular member at uh, her local running club, St. B's Triers, up in Cumbria. So she was a Lakeland runner, and she used to do a lot of races uh, up in the lakes. And, and she's done uh, races around the world. They're, they're a family of runners, actually. They're all very inspirational. And um, Charm and Chris, when it was their 50th wedding anniversary, which was back in 2012, ran the London Marathon to celebrate it. So can you imagine doing that like your 50th wedding anniversary? And they actually mm-hmm. were on the, they were on the TV, they got interviewed. And, uh, I mean, that, that was 2012, so that's quite a long time ago. Yeah. So, you know, another sort of eight years on, um, you know, and, and charm was running up to just a few months before she passed away. She had a short illness and, and passed away. Mm-hmm um so yeah they they were both uh, park runners and really big in the running community and um chris is uh, in his early 80s and is a regular at his park run every week so they're really inspirational and i'm talking about park runs i mean I, I i love doing a park run and i'm always inspired by the older runners that i see there and um, there's one lady i don't know her name um, but she, she turns up every Saturday. I, I don't know how old she is. I guess she must be in her seventies or maybe she's eighty. And, um, she, she's always looking pristine. She tends to be one of the slower ones, but she runs with grace and she always completes it. And I always sort of, you know, as I'm finishing and maybe walking home, she's coming in, into the finish line. And I always think, Oh, wow, she's here again. That's great. So, yeah, that, there are some really inspirational people around and we all want Definitely. to be like them. Mm.
1: Exactly. I think we have to keep that in mind, don't we, and know that it is possible. You know, we're speaking about this natural aging process, but you can still be very active, very lean um, and and great runners as you move into 70s and 80s, as these people are have have shown.
0: Hmm. Great. Oh, well, that's, that's lifted the mood. I'm feeling inspired again. (laughs) Okay. So, So let's move on to these, um, changes that we were talking about that affect a runner's nutritional needs. So I suppose we could start with acknowledging that generally as we get older, we need a lower energy intake on a day to day basis. Um, and especially, you know, when we're in a situation where, um, you know everything's everything's really de- decreasing. So it's not just our expenditure of energy; it's just that our body is needing less energy to deal with things like bone turnover, aerobic capacity, and muscle formation. And all of these processes require energy in the form of calories. Um, and it, it's uh, it's an interesting thing that maybe people don't always think about that. That's why we may need a little bit less food. Um, but it's really important that what food we do eat is is nutrient-dense. So, Karen, what else can you tell us about the nutritional requirements of of the ageing runner?
1: Yeah, well, thinking about, you're speaking about the energy need. You know, apparently as as we age, um, there's also a decrease in glycogen storage capacity. So, again, another reason why we wouldn't need as much calories on a daily basis because we just can't store them. Um, and it's also thought that the older runner tends to complete fewer. Now, this is general generalization, generalizing again, you know, but it is thought that um, as we get older, we complete fewer miles of training and less intense training than in formative years. So again, another reason why energy intake would need to be considered and adapted accordingly. Um, and earlier, sort of moving on, I spoke, I mentioned that there's a decline in gastric function that occurs with aging. And it's thought that, in fact, approximately 30% of people over 60 years of age have reduced gastric function. So it's quite a high number. And and this does tend to be this sort of reduction in gastric functions tends to be uh, mostly in the form of a decrease in stomach acid production. Now, stomach acid production um, is required for um, absorption of nutrients um, and also production of some nutrients. I'm thinking here, such as um, vitamin B12, zinc, and iron. Therefore, an increase an intake of these um, uh, micronutrients might be required as we age. And, and it is interesting, you know, I speak about B12 zinc and iron, and all of these nutrients are needed for energy production. And we need the energy, that's really key for us as, as runners and for our performance. So really important to be thinking about the digestive system as we get older, the stomach acid as we get older and the implications on the potential key nutrients that we need as runners as we get older. And also um, just thinking about that decreased bone mineral density, it, it, it could be that an increase in vitamin D and calcium would be required. And again, we speak about this a lot in episode to 20, 21. Um, now vitamin D, it could be that that is needed in, um, in the form of a supplement, especially if the individual is maybe not going outdoors as much as they were before. But also, um, it's, it's thought that the skin's capacity to synthesize vitamin D is also naturally decreased with age. So, you know, these are sort of other other things to can, consider regarding nutrient needs.
0: Mm. So, to, so to add to Karen, I'm just thinking about the vitamin D connection there. Yeah. Um, something that uh, or happens with age is that we have reduced kidney function and that may limit the conversion of vitamin D into its active form. Um, so that's another sort of age-related uh, link there. And, um, you know, I think you're quite right. A lot of older people just don't go go out as much, so they, they have an indoor life. So just even encouraging older people to sit outside with a cup of tea in the morning is a good way of helping them to um, improve the vitamin D status. Um, and I'm also thinking about the, um, the lean muscle mass, which, as we talked about, is deep tends to decrease as we get older. So thinking about protein intake would be important. Um, so again, particularly if older people are starting to eat smaller meals. And, um, you know, I, I've noticed there's a tendency to have snacks and very small meals. Um, so it's making sure that you are getting adequate protein. And, you know, some clever tricks that you can um, do with your food to make sure that you've got enough protein without feeling that you're eating Big, big meals. Um, so, as you mentioned earlier, Karen, um, you also talked about the thirst. So, uh, and the increased risk of stress. So, again, that's just another, just another reminder for us to pay particular attention to to hydration status.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Aileen, to reiterate about the hydration status, um, just as we age and making sure that we're taking on enough water. And and also because, again, linking back to the, the, the kidneys, because there is a decrease in that kidney function as we age, it's another reason to be ensuring that we're taking on board sufficient fluids, and just before we move on, there are just some uh, other additional risk factors for potential micronutrient. Um, so it's vitamin and mineral insufficiencies or deficiencies in aging runner that I think might be worth mentioning here. And that sort of includes the overall decrease in, in nutrient absorption. Um, and I'm specifically thinking about thinking about the runner, but, um, so thinking about vitamin. B12, vitamin D, vitamin B6, and calcium, sort of just as a general reduced absorption capacity. But also the use of medications, because there are medications that may interfere with nutrient absorption and potentially their utilization as well. And also some um, potential chronic medical conditions that that um older individuals it can sort of um, present with and I'm thinking here um one that comes to mind is the pernicious anemia. Now that's linked to B12 deficiency due to um, low intrinsic factor secretion and sort of think l- linking back to us speaking about uh, gastric acid reducing as we get older, um, intrinsic factor needs um, optimal Um, uh, gastric acid to be present for it to be available for b12 to be um to be absorbed
0: Mm. yeah that's that's all good stuff to bear in mind Mm -hmm. because it's something that you know we're all probably going to face one of the um things i'm just thinking about the kidney um aspect Karen, because it's something that uh, something I've learned through my, my dad and his, uh, his talking to a medical consultants about kidney health, um, that apparently after the age of 40, we lose 1% kidney function a year. So once you get into your eighties, you know, you've going to probably have lost 40% <laughs> of your yeah. kidney function. So, you know, and that's just, just a natural aging process. So yeah, it's that so you can see. It is quite substantial and maybe mm. that's similar in many other organs. So, um, well, it's, it's a bit like the muscle
1: mass, isn't it? How it reduces yeah. by three percent per year.
0: You know, they're quite, yeah. quite high. Mm. Yeah. And, and also, um, picking up on your point with regards to um medications um i've read that as many as 34 percent of aging athletes are taking prescribed medications which isn't surprising really as you said earlier karen because i think a lot of people as you get older you develop health conditions and you might have to have medication Um, and and also that there's between um 14 and 25 percent of um Aging athletes live with an ex- an existing medical condition. And again, I think, you know, that's normal. A lot of people take up running to help combat, um, you know, whatever health condition they've got. So, you know, we're, we're often living with things, um, that we've got to manage and, uh, and, you know, they can be managed well with good nutrition too. Um, so that both of the studies that I, I just mentioned there were, we're looking at the US population and I assume that, you know, what goes on in America is probably very similar to what we would find in, in the UK. So I think it's, you know, reasonable assumption that we are going through the same, same pattern. Okay. So, so just again, just to round up that section there, Karen, um, I think the advice really would be to say that, periodically we should assess our energy intake related to our training plan and also our life stage and adjust it accordingly. And and that's something we should do at every age. But I think it's, you know, as we get older, it's probably something just as a reminder to take that into account. Um and also taking our exercise or at least being outdoor in the sunshine um every morning would be key to optimise vitamin D status. And Finally, you know, reminding everybody of the importance of hydration and just being aware of the effects that prescription medication could have on nutrient status. Um, you know, often when you um, delve into people's health history and you look at their medication, you find that they're, they're suffering from things and it's related to their medication depleting a particular nutrient rather than them not getting it in their food plan. So I think that's another area too to consider. Okay, so um, before we go on to your nutritional recommendations, uh, Karen, I'm just going to pause for a minute or two um, so that we can have uh, a short advert break. That's okay with you? Okay. So, so as you all know, uh, we usually take a couple of minutes out just to uh, let you know uh, what we're doing and or what services we can offer you. Um, so you'll, you'll all know that the podcast is supported by Runner's Health Hub and Runner's Health Hub is where Karen and I uh, offer a range of services to help you be a fitter, faster and stronger runner. Um, and usually we, we talk about our online program here, the Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program. Um, but we, we wanted to share with you something new that we're doing. And um, it's really based on the fact that we've been doing some research around the nutrition and lifestyle challenges experienced by the women in our Facebook group. Uh, and what we do is when they join the group, we ask them a few questions about um, what their goals are and what their challenges are. And from that, we, we've discovered quite a few things. Um, and a lot of people are concerned about the kind of challenges that face you when you start hitting midlife. So maybe changes in your body composition, having to deal with um, the menopause, um, finding that you've got a busy life load and it's difficult to put a food plan together that suits you and the family. So there's all sorts of um, challenges that are related to that. So... That's led Karen and I to um, design a, a method that will help people uh, put everything into practice that they need to do and, and to get the health and well-being results as well as the running results that they'd like. And we're calling that the Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner method. And to um, to sort of kick all that off, we're offering some free training to our listeners and followers so if you're getting frustrated of, um, health challenges, um, leading up to midlife and, and being a midlife runner, we'd love to invite you to our free uh, training, which will be, uh, online on Zoom. And what we'll do is we're going to post a link at the top of the show notes, um, so that you can register for that training. And we've got some dates lined up for uh, July and August, September time. So you've got a couple of opportunities to, to join in so we'd love to see you there um, if you can't find the link on the show notes drop us an email at hello at runnershealthhub.com or you can message us via facebook and we'll send the link to you so we've we've got a real mission to help you be a healthy woman healthy runner for many years to come so we really hope that you'll be able to join us on the training soon so can sense. i pass on to you Karen
1: you can you can have a rest now Aileen thank you very much so so Until now, we've determined some of the physiological changes that occur as we age and their impact on the runner. And we've also looked at the nutritional insufficiencies and deficiencies deficiencies that may occur as a result so now for the final bit of this episode we're going to discuss some um, nutritional recommendations to help prevent a deficiency occurring and the key nutrients that nutrients that we will consider today are vitamin b12 vitamin d calcium and iron so those are the four key ones that we're going to look at now some of these we have discussed in previous episodes including episode seven looking at vitamins and minerals episode 14 looking at immune support and then episode 21 as we've mentioned um, already where we look at bone health now the list here, we've got four, but this is by no means exhaustive. There are so many different um, vitamins and minerals that are really going to support the aging runner. But, uh, but these are some of the key nutrients that uh, we think that the aging runner would want to address. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at them one at a time. So we'll start with vitamin B12. And Aileen, I don't know if you would like to tell us a little bit about B12.
0: Yeah, okay. So B12, um, you know, is re, is a really important, uh, nutrient, um, uh, particularly for energy. And, um, as we said earlier, sometimes as we age, we get insufficient or deficient, uh, in vitamin B12 due to low gastric acid and low intrinsic factor, uh, but also, um, Sometimes our gut microbiota might be lower, um, and not as abundant as it needs to be. And we do need that kind of microbiota and bacteria to synthesize to make the B12. Um, so, and it also supports absorption. So, so, you know, there's a really important link there. You know, the stomach acid and the, um, the microbiome need to be healthy to be able to help us, um, activate the b12 and, and make it uh, useful and helpful for us um you, you get b12 mostly from animal sources of food so if you're um a vegan um and you li- or you eat limited animal food sources you could be at increased risk of deficiency uh, and this is one that's really important to get tested uh if if you think that you are uh, low so that you know um what, what your rating is and, and how you can uh, supplement with it. So if you if you want to know some symptoms of, of maybe perhaps you think you're deficient so if you look out for things like uh, fatigue or shortness of breath uh, sometimes you' you might feel tingling or numbness in the hands and feet um, and also um, muscle weakness is another sign sometimes dizziness and forgetfulness so any of these symptoms, could be pointing to the fact that you've got a B12 deficiency. Um, so, I mentioned that mostly the, the high sources of vitamin um, B12 are in um, animal foods. So, you'll find them in um, liver, uh, fish, chicken, eggs. And you find um, small amounts in some of the meats and dairy products. Um, if you're a vegan and possibly some vegetarians too, might require supplementation and you, you probably need to get some advice on how much to take. Um, So that's a sort of a roundup on B12. So it's really crucial and it's important one to get checked out. Um, Karen, just moving on, could you tell us about some of the other micronutrients that you mentioned? Could we start with calcium?
1: Yeah, sure. I will say a little bit about calcium. Clearly, we do speak a lot about it in episode um, 21. However, here I'll just sort of reiterate a little bit o- about its importance. Um, and I think it's fair to say that weight bearing exercise such as running in itself is supportive of bone density. Um, but as we know, calcium is 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 key, along with vitamin D, It's really key in in um supporting that bone health um but um i think sort of regarding the age in runners and linking that to to calcium i think some factors that's important um to be aware of is um if if people have had a historical low bone mineral density so if um if you know maybe early menopause could be a factor in this or maybe just sort of um, a high impact exercise as a teenager can lead to suboptimal bone mineral density. So thinking about that, thinking about potentials for historical low BMD then um, calcium, um, intake would be really key. But also if people have had, if there's anybody with a longstanding suboptimal calcium intake, and again thinking there about the the vegans and the vegetarians, or maybe poor absorption of calcium, um, linking that back to digestive issues, as, as you've mentioned, Aileen, and also medications that we've spoken about before. And also calcium can be lost in sweat especially if you're sweating a lot so if people run often in hot climates it could be that there's um over time there's a significant loss of of calcium through that um, and also a longstanding vitamin D insufficiency because vitamin D is required for calcium absorption from the intestine so, so 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 the two like i say work together but also sub- suboptimal kidney function might have an impact there um, to bone mineral density linked to calcium because um, it, it's going to reduce the, um, the, the active the, the production of the active form of vitamin D, therefore again reducing the absorption of vitamin C. So, and also again, remember that it's important to consider magnesium intake alongside calcium intake as well. Now, we do speak about that and de- I'm not going to go into any detail here because we speak about that in episode 21, but we do need magnesium as well as calcium and vitamin D to support bone health. So, um, so just looking at these factors, um, if if runners um don't think about it and don't consider these uh, these factors linked to calcium, then it could put them at higher risk of stress factors if they're running repeatedly now if it's um if it's if they're not running frequently it might not be such a, a huge issue but if they're running repeatedly then um, stress fractures bone health. Um, and low calcium may be be an issue for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think um, that's all very pertinent, Karen, and it it does um, sit very nicely with the discussion that we had in episode 21 about bone health. Um, And obviously running repeatedly uh, is one of the uh, sort of factors that leads to bone stress injuries. Um, so it, part of the um, solution might be to consider what your training plan is, um, as and that would be as important as addressing the nutrient efficiencies and deficiencies too.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point, Aileen. You know, if, if it is because of this r- running repeatedly that's leading potentially to um, the increased risk of stress fractures, then yes. And maybe it means working with somebody to put in an appropriate running plan for um, for that individual. Um, and just thinking um about calcium again, and um, a female factor that's that's maybe worth mentioning here is that for women aged 51 years and over, a daily intake of 1,300 milligrams of calcium is recommended, whereas for men of that age, it's only a thousand milligrams. Now, 1,300 milligrams is the same as is recommended for teenagers, so it just shows the need. that increased amount as we as we age and um, this higher intake is being recommended generally due to the to the menopause and that resulting low estrogen levels because as we've spoken about before estrogen is protective of bone so if we haven't got that estrogen to help protect the bone we need that increase in calcium to do the job so, um, and again, for, for some individuals, supplementation um, of calcium and vitamin D may be the necessary way forward, especially if they've got any underlying conditions that could compromise the intake of it, but also the absorption of it. Or if they're taking any medications that could interact with these nutrients. So just sort of, again, I, I do think that maybe working with a professional to, to sort of assess all of this would be really helpful for somebody. Um, but just sort of thinking about some of the, the symptoms of calcium insufficiency for people to be mindful of, be aware of, and maybe to take action of are experiencing, include muscle spasms, muscle cramps, also numbness, and tingling in the hands and feet and also sometimes in the face as well and having weak and brittle nails and also um, as, as it goes on it could be that there's some some confusion and maybe some memory loss um, and depression can also be a, a factor here as, as well and clearly if ongoing insufficiency continues and moves into potential deficiency then there's going to be um a possible increase in risk of fracturing a bone so to th- to try and counteract to that sort of thinking about some of the the key food sources that you could include clearly milk and other dairy foods such as cheese and yogurts things like that that th- that's sort of the the main source that people have heard of and know about and um, regarding calcium. But also green leafy vegetables, for example, um there's broccoli, cabbage, okra, things like soya products and and tofu, which is a, a soy product, but also tempeh, which is the the um fermented version of that thinking about um, different nuts as a snack maybe and also boned fish so I'm thinking here of the small the small fish with edible bones such as sardines and pilchards and also um, calcium goes into a lot of um, fortified foods but what I would say there is just to be mindful of the quality of the products that you purchase when looking at, um, at the fortified goods and the fortified foods. So so that's just sort of a little um, resume of of calcium and the um, older runner. Aileen, we've probably um, just got enough time to say a little bit about iron. Would you like to say something about
0: iron? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I'm iron again is it's probably one of those under valued <laughs> nutrients uh, but it's really important uh, for energy production for all age groups and um interestingly it's been found that uh, iron stores increase as we age and um, so often the elderly generally re- require less dietary iron than the young so particularly for women you know once you've gone through the menopause you're, you're not having a period so you're not losing iron through menstruating every month so um, often that, you know, once you've gone through that period, your, your iron stores sort of regulate. Um, but deficiency of iron is common in runners, especially endurance run, runners. Um, so, um, you can, uh, use, uh, lose iron through excessive sweating. Um, if you, um, have got any GI problems and you, you might find that there's some, microbleeds so you might not even be aware of these this bleeding but just the uh, friction of, of uh, you know running and the friction on your um, digestive tract can cause these little microbleeds so you could have tiny losses there um, there's uh, something called hemolysis which means that you're losing iron through foot striking and also there's an increase of a protein by de- binding um molecule called uh and that actually uh, binds iron so it makes it difficult for you to absorb iron so there's a few sort of running related issues that compromise our iron status so again it's probably a good idea to you know periodically get it tested and know that your iron levels are uh, optimal and if they're not you know you can um, focus on the um, foods and, and supplements to help you and, and also yeah. um, it's known I'm just just thinking that there's some research around older runners, Karen, that might be that um, they require more than the general population for all the reasons that we've just said.
1: Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And also um, the older runner um, who has a low iron intake? For example, vegans and vegetarians, or and low iron absorption. And again, that could be due um, to um, nu- nutrient inhibitors. Now, these are naturally um, found in in many plant foods, and we do speak about them in the episode titled "Plant Based Diet." So, there are these. Um, Inhibiting molecules naturally within foods that stop the um, the absorption of certain nutrients. So, so looking at um, the vegetarians, the vegans who eat a lot of these foods. Um, that may have the inhibitors, they would need to be thinking about um, their iron intake because they would be at increased risk of insufficiency and deficiency besides, you know, the general public as such. Again, linking back to all the factors that you were speaking about, Aileen, that can increase um, um, iron loss through bleeding. The the older runner, although overall, the stored iron in the elderly is maybe higher for a runner. There's still maybe a, a, a need for increased intake.
0: Great. Thanks, Karen. Um, yeah, it's always good to look at everything in the round, isn't it? So, um, just, um, so that I'm uh, sort of following the same sort of advice we've done for the other nutrients. Um, maybe I should just tell you a little bit about the symptoms of iron insufficiency. So, um, you know, I think probably most people will associate it with tiredness and fatigue. Um, and also they might know that you can sometimes get headaches and lightheadedness if you're low in iron, uh, pale skin, and especially that um, inner lining of the eyes and, and pale nail beds. That's probably something that your mother would have done to you when you were a child. You know, let's have a look at your eyes. So you, you're probably aware of that. And um and tend to sore muscles and impaired running performance. So if you notice any of these, just be mindful that they could be related to iron in iron depletion. And then obviously thinking about the food sources. I mean, Karen, you've already mentioned the, um, you know, the at risk factors for the vegan, um, and the vegetarian. So red meat really is the best source. Um, you get very small amounts of iron in fish and poultry. So, um, really good quality red meat would be the best place uh, but you do get some um, non-meat sources so you've, you've mentioned earlier you know some of the other nutrients are things like tempeh and tofu i get um, iron in legumes um, and in some vegetables and fruits there are um, non-heme iron sources um so you can see that there's an overlap with some of these foods that we're talking about. So, you know, you always get more than one nutrient from food. So having a wide, varied diet is really going to help you Um, if you focus on some of the foods we mentioned here. You're going to get more than just one nutrient from them.
1: Yeah. And I would just add to that, Aileen, you know, we're speaking about some like non-heme iron, about these um nutrient inhibitors and things, but we're not going into detail here. So I would really encourage people to to maybe. Go back and listen to episode seven, um, which is the one where we're looking at vitamins and minerals. And we do speak about um, iron in some detail there. So really picking up on the heme and non-heme iron, um, the the different types of inhibitors and how you can overcome that as well. So I would really encourage people to, um, to, to listen to that episode.
0: Okay, so we're we're running out of time now, Karen. So um, just before I ask you for some of the takeaways for today, I just wondered if you'd give us a quick uh, shout out for zinc, because zinc is uh, a nutrient which is well known to be depleted in the elderly
1: yeah absolutely. alien nobby as quick as I can, so and yes you're right zinc zinc is is um often depleted in the elderly, but it is really important for the immune system and also tissue repair um and as the older runner is more susceptible to tissue damage, it is definitely worthwhile observing for any symptoms of deficiency or insufficiency and ensuring you're eating a diet that will help provide optimal amounts of it now zinc again like calcium can be lost through sweat um, but as we mentioned earlier it, it can also be depleted due to the low stomach acid and and also, again, speaking about these um, natural occurring nutrient inhibitors, um, I'm thinking here about phytates, which are found in whole grains, peanuts and soy and some other uh, foods as well. They can decrease its absorption and also other nutrients can. So if you're taking calcium supplements or iron supplements, you could potentially be depleting um, your zinc status as well. So really worth um, bearing that in mind. And just to quickly sort of mention some of the key symptoms of, of zinc deficiency, this includes sort of poor sense of smell and taste, also a loss of appetite, which could be linked to that, that um, poor sense of, of smell and taste, because as we know, sort of enjoying food is, is as much around the aromas and the taste as it is just the food and the texture. Um, and and that also can then um, lead to weight loss. It can be linked to delayed healing of wounds and also um, a mental lethargy. So just thinking about some of the foods to consider to make sure you're taking on optimal amounts or sufficient amounts, um, certainly. Um, Oysters are the well-known and um, most potent um, providers of zinc. However, it's not a food that we all, or many of us eat regularly but clearly that, that is a really good um source but also crab and lo- lobster is good uh, red meats poultry and for um the vegetarians um there's pumpkin seeds cashew nuts and yogurts as well um will, will contain some zinc so i'll stop there Eileen
0: Okay, thank you. Yeah, we could go on forever because there's so many things to talk about. Yes. But um just to summarize, so there's definitely some key nutrients and older runners should be considering to stay in good health. And to do that will really help maintain their running performance. So the ones that we've highlighted here today are iron, zinc, calcium, and vitamin B12. Uh But it's important to remember that that list isn't exhaustive. There's lots of other nutrients that are important too. Um, some of the symptoms, as we've mentioned, overlap. Um, so it would be important to get nutrients um to to be tested really before you decide on any supplements and uh you know, perhaps think about taking some professional advice. Um you might be able to get your GP to test, um, but if if not, um please, you know, do contact us at Runner's Health Hub and Um, we could either arrange a consultation or a test or analysis uh, for you. So, Karen, just to round up, um, we're at the key takeaway part of the episode. Can you help us out with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll take you through some of the key ones that, um, that I'm thinking about. So, Just being mindful, there are many age-related physiological changes that occur, which for um, you as a runner could affect your running performance, um, including there I'm thinking about reduced muscle mass, reduced bone mineral density, and that increased fat mass. Um, Although... These physiological changes are inevitable. Just remaining physically active and eating a healthy diet consistently could slow the decline and limit the effects of it. So just keep on running. And um, The overall energy intake required for an individual does reduce as we age. So it is important to adjust your diet accordingly. And um, daily en- energy intake Will still be dependent on the amount of exercise performed, though. So, um, and and depending how much exercise you're performing on a regular basis. So, it is important to work out what your needs are for your age and your activity. Um, and just remember that Alien and I do offer consultations if you did want some advice on this, on working at all light and what you need now and as you move uh, you move forward and, and can continue aging. Um, don't ignore any symptoms you're experiencing. Um, work with a professional. Have some tests completed to determine um, if you are sufficient or deficient in any key nutrients and then what you need to do um regarding that. And like I say, keep on running as it will not only help limit physiological effects of aging, but will also support your mental and your em- emotional well-being as you age. So those would be my key, key takeaways, Aileen.
0: Fantastic, Karen. Thank you so much. Um, So we we all know older runners who are totally inspirational. Uh, So thanks for your great advice, Karen, on how we can create a health reserve for older age and enjoy many uh, running years to come. Uh, Remember, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor of your running performance. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now.